Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Okay, we're live. Good morning. Good morning. No tech goblins today. No. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Staying warm? I am. Layered up. Keeping hats on. Gloves on. Mm -hmm. Hands and feet just still always get cold. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Reduce, Reduce circulation in the hands and feet compared to other parts of the body, which make them a little more vulnerable to several different disorders, like mm-hmm. neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Keep them warm. Keep good blood flow going. Need more iron? Uh, that can help for some people. Um, if you if you find that you've got cold hands and feet, very low energy, easy bruising, those pretty classic signs for low iron. Um, you can take too much iron, so don't just go taking tons of it. Get a blood test. Talk to your doc. Um, but yes, that that would be a warning sign. So, mm-hmm. come to check out. Good. We digress. We're yes, a little to... bit. We're actually here to talk about <laughs> other stuff. But that, this is a good idea. You know, it's, it's something people don't think about always. There's some basic supplements that a lot of times we can be short on, and it's good to be able to have uh, a little reminder that you know these things do happen to lots of people, and um, sometimes getting uh, the right supplement can make a world of difference for your mm-hmm. energy levels and and so forth. So yeah, for sure. Nice. Well, thank you for joining me, Christy. Well, thank you for letting me come. (laughs) (laughs) Always nice to have somebody here to actually talk with because otherwise I'm just going to feel like I'm talking to myself. Yeah, I don't do well when I talk to myself. It goes bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us today here. We are doing our Healing at the Speed of Light podcast. This is sponsored by Laser Therapy Institute. This podcast is designed to help patients understand a little bit more about light and laser therapies and whether or not they might be helpful for things that you are dealing with. So I'm joined today by Christy. Christy is a certified laser tech. She's done treatments for years. She is also Laser Therapy Institute. Um, She's our course development creator, uh, director, the whole bit. So she does a lot of great work for helping to educate doctors around the world. Given the great information from you, Dr. Well, we, we try. My <laughs> so. name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and certified medical laser safety officer. I'm also the founder of LTI. And what I like to do on these podcasts is bring some research information in a way that makes sense and is hopefully understandable and in a way that helps you understand more about your condition, your body, or you know something that your loved one is going through, and also more about whether light and laser therapies might be helpful for that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about nerve pain after surgery. Sounds interesting. Yeah. And it's very prominent. I mean, it's it happens. It does. It's, it's painful. I've had surgery. <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't. Uh-huh. So this will, be, this will be interesting. I wish yeah. I had this opportunity well, after my surgery. Y- yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. for one thing, I, I want to read you just one quote before I even tell you what this, what study this is. Um, one quote that uh, I thought was just really interesting, and I'm going to have to find it because I, uh, I didn't write it out. I just underlined it. Um, so give me one second. There we go. Okay. Found, Found it. it. Okay, so nice. this, this is important because the, the researchers say that just understanding and discussing what nerve pain after surgery looks like mm-hmm. and, and why it happens 
can actually result in a decreased level of pain intensity. Hmm. Just that step right there. Not um, taking a medication, mm -hmm. just understanding what's going on, right? That actually makes sense because a lot of, I mean, some of what we deal with is in our mind mm -hmm. and what we think happens. Absolutely. So if we can think positively and know it, understand and, and be prepared and awareness, I think makes a big difference. So it's, it's yep. interesting that they said that. So I'm anxious to hear more, mm -hmm. more about it. Surprising pain or, or pain that you don't know why it's happening is just harder to deal with. Mm -hmm. I think most of us understand that, you know, just mentally, emotionally, mm -hmm. it's harder to deal with. And if you are stressed emotionally, if you are surprised or shocked by something, the intensity is going to be a lot higher. Mm -hmm. Your system's just not ready to, to deal with it. Right. So just just listening to this podcast might help you reduce pain intensity. Huh. Interesting. All right. Okay. So, so that's our first step. There is we go. Just understanding this process is important. And that is the biggest reason that we do this podcast, mm -hmm. really, is mm -hmm. to help people understand their condition and make better choices. And in this case, maybe even bring some pain intensity down just by understanding what's going on. Right. So the study we're looking at today is really technical. It's really deep. It's a great, great publication. I would not expect anyone to really be able to sit down and plow through this. It took me like three days to get through this um, because it is it's complex. Well, that would take me two weeks or two months <laughs> then. So. You'd make it. You'd make it. Uh, this was published uh, in Annals of Surgery in 2013. And the title of the study is Surgically Induced Neuropathic Pain, or SNPP, Understanding the Perioperative Process, the, the process that happens around the surgery, right? Okay. This is published by a bunch of researchers from Harvard Medical School. Um, and it, like I said, it's very technical, but there are some amazing gems in here that I really wanted to bring out because, again, just understanding the process can help control the intensity of the pain. So, uh, when you think of uh, nerve pain after surgery, you probably have a few ideas there, um, but why, why do you think people have nerve pain after surgery? Well, everything's been cut or there's just trauma to that area. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's been shocked. It's yes. been worked on. Right. You know. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know how else to describe that on the spot. <laughs> no, no, that's good. There's, there's actually uh, several different mechanisms by which people have nerve pain after surgery. One is that direct trauma, that, mm -hmm. like you just talked about. It's been yanked or pulled or cut mm -hmm. or worked on. You know, it's been physically damaged and irritated. But there's a couple other things that happen, too. I'm music, big on music, the music. dramatic pauses today. Music, yeah. music, music. <laughs> so they say that nociceptive pain, which is, is pain sensed by the nerves, results from activation of high threshold peripheral sensory neurons, meaning that you can activate those neurons uh, by the incision, uh, or it can even happen in the tissues around the incision, and it tends to go down after that irritation is removed as that incision heals, right? Mm -hmm. So nerves just being directly cut, right? Mm -hmm. But that tends to go down as that incision heals up, right. right? Right. However, another factor is inflammatory pain, and that is caused by increased pain sensitivity due to inflammatory mediators lowering the threshold of nociceptors. To put that more plainly, 
what need what would typically trip a pain sensor off actually becomes it becomes more and more sensitive because of the inflammation around it. And the inflammation is trying to protect it and heal it in a way. Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. Um, because anytime that you are injured, anytime you have any kind of surgery um, or a trip and fall or anything, any kind of sur- uh, insult, basically, mm-hmm. there's going to be an inflammatory response. And that's a good thing. It's a repair mm-hmm. mechanism. However, it does sensitize those nerves, right. right? So that's why you have pain that can last for a couple of days or, or even a little bit longer. As long as the inflammation is going on, you can have ongoing pain. The problem with that is that you become sensitive to things that normally wouldn't be painful. You know, normally if, if I pushed on your shoulder like this, it shouldn't be painful. But if you're inflamed, then that threshold lowers. And now when I poke on your shoulder like this, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It physically hurts, whereas in most cases it wouldn't. Right. 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 Another cause here is neuropathic pain due to nerve injury so separately from the incision itself of of surgery this is actual nerve injury nerve damage and that can be associated with the the pulling the yanking the twisting the the being worked on like you Mm -hmm. mentioned Mm -hmm. and that happens with sensory loss but also hypersensitivity okay so you lose the ability to feel some things you get like Mm -hmm. numbness Mm-hmm. But you get hypersensitivity to other things like pain. You get the, that tingling, kind of pins and needles sensation. Mm-hmm. That's that neuropathic pain itself right there. And that's all part of the healing process. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. been the system's been shocked. It's been and it's protecting itself and it's trying to. I mean, pain comes, but then the healing comes. Right. Yes. That seems so simplistic, but it's... No, that's exactly right. And that's why most people that have surgery will have some pain. Mm -hmm. Most people's pain does resolve. Mm -hmm. However, there's a large section of people that their pain does not resolve. And it goes on to be chronic neuropathic pain. They say that the surgically induced neuropathic pain is a significant clinical problem with persistent pain estimated to occur in 10 to 50% of individuals after common operations. Hmm. Post-surgical neuropathies may be a consequence of transection, cutting the nerve, in, or contusion, bruising to the nerve, or stretching, or you actually yank on the nerve, or just inflammation on the nerve. It is the only neuropathic pain syndrome that is fully under our control. Under our control. What does that mean? It means we can control it in some way. That means we cause it, (laughs) basically. Because they go on to say there is actually not good solutions for this. Mm. But it is under our control in terms of it's based on what you do in that surgery. When you have, for example, diabetic neuropathy, Mm -hmm. painful neuropathy, pain in the hands and the feet from diabetes, that's really out of our control directly. We can't go in there and yank on that nerve and control that. That is a microvasculature process. We don't have direct control over that. What they're saying here is that the surgeon has control over how much nerve pain may be generated. Now, that doesn't mean it's their choice. They're not trying to cause pain. How do you get around that? Yeah. I mean, nerves are so small. Right. You know, how do you even... I mean, I hear what you're saying, but mm-hmm. it's like, how do you even avoid it? Well, yeah, it, it can be really so. hard uh, because you can be talking about nerve endings. You can be mm-hmm. talking large nerves, like the sciatic nerve, you know, mm-hmm. or 
uh, the ulnar nerve, you know, that can be become involved here. And and the skill of the surgeon and how well the surgery goes is certainly a factor, but there's a lot of other factors here too, hmm. including the type of surgery. They say that this nerve pain is reported to occur in 60% of patients after limb amputation, in 20 to 40% after mastectomy, in 20 to 40% after thoracotomy. We'll come back to that in a second. I didn't say <laughs> Yeah. And 20% after a simple hernia, hernia repairs. So that, those are large percentages. Now, a thoracotomy mm -hmm. is just opening up the thorax, opening up the ribs to be able to get to the heart, the lungs, okay. whatever. You know, very, very common for, for mm -hmm. lung surgeries, um, sometimes for heart surgeries as well there. Okay. And just depending on the procedure that's done. But those are, those are large percentages. You know, looks kind of an average of about 30%. Um, they, they say that this means that this post-operative nerve pain is an epidemic. That's it's that it's at that level that it's it's so common that we have to consider it at an epidemic level. Now there are factors here that, that matter quite a bit. They say genetic studies and preclinical models have shown that neuropathic pain variance is heritable, which means that your genes have something to do with your likelihood of having nerve pain after surgery. Interesting. So that breaks That's away from like what the surgeon does directly right. more towards the patient's own genetic makeup. Mm -hmm. They also say that the presence of preoperative pain, so pain before the surgery, regardless of the relationship to the surgical site, significantly increases the risk of developing nerve pain after this, this SNPP, nerve pain after surgery. So what that means is that, let's say your knee really hurts, but you also have a hernia. You're going to get hernia surgery. Because of your knee pain, you are more likely to have post-operative nerve pain interesting right That's very interesting yeah just like it's interesting that there's pain after a limb has been mm -hmm. your phantom pain yeah yep, exactly it's exactly right let me trace that back to the the mind to some degree yes there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of complex pieces at work here um, and and we're just kind of throwing pieces into mm -hmm. into the into the you know picture right now, but the genes are a part, and then how well you're doing even pre-op mm -hmm. is is a, a significant part too. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why some surgeons will not do surgery until the patient gets a little bit healthier, if you will. I know right. there's sometimes you can't do that, but they'll say no, we're not going to do this until you do this mm -hmm. so that your chance for that is yeah. higher. Yeah. I don't think there's a surgeon out there that wants their patients to be in pain after surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we're looking for the best outcomes. Um, and so going through some of this is good because if you're a patient going to undergo surgery, just knowing that you need to be in the best shape you can going in, uh, mm -hmm. that is a helpful factor right there. You can, mm -hmm. you've got the power to do that. You've got the power to be able to exercise or put yourself into a position where you're in better health with less pain you may not right. be able to control your genetics but that's just one piece right so this right. is this is another another side here interesting they say every time an individual undergoes surgery the chances of having a post-operative chronic nerve pain syndrome is approximately 30 percent in some cases up to 50 percent that's a large chance yeah of having pain after surgery um some go ahead go ahead but then you know as you said at the beginning if we are aware of that going in it's not a surprise mm -hmm. and so 
not that you can deal with it better, but you might be able to no. deal with it a little bit better because you're aware and you know, okay, it's more of a surprise if you're not in pain right. after surgery. Because that happens to people as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. It's not it's feeling great. Mm-hmm. But if you have the awareness or just deal with the fact it's going to be painful, mm-hmm. I don't know, that just sounds... No, yeah, it's it's not it's not as much of a shock because um, the brain does play a role. But something else to understand is that you know some baby patients do have that pain right away. You know, mm-hmm. being mentally prepared for it is good. But some patients, they say, in others, it is only observed weeks or months after the injury. Hmm. So if you come out of surgery without pain, that's great. But do be aware that it's possible that you might have nerve pain a few weeks later few months later and being aware of that should help with the surprise factor and the mm-hmm. intensity factor as well here well then you wouldn't question okay it didn't work <laughs> yeah, or, yeah you know yeah, that's a good point what's going on right yeah, just thought popped in my head now what does it feel like what does nerve pain after surgery feel like how do you describe pain? <laughs> <laughs> so these guys say that the symptoms are, are spontaneous pain that may be burning or aching in nature. There may be shooting pains. There may be sensory loss. I think know. of the shooting pain yeah. and the ache. Yeah, burning, yeah. aching, shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those are really nerve pain mm-hmm. uh, keywords, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what to look for. And understanding that that's what you should be looking for. Um, for post-operative nerve pain, I think is helpful too, because if you come out of surgery, you're probably medicated, you're drugged mm-hmm. up, you know, you're feeling mm-hmm. feeling okay, mm-hmm. and then maybe you taper off your medications. Now it's been a month. All of a sudden, you have spontaneous nerve pain, um, you know, shooting, stabbing pain uh, in or around that surgical area, or maybe mm-hmm. even in other areas, and understanding that that may be due to this this event that maybe you didn't do anything to cause it i think that's helpful too right yeah right just being aware then you get into that and i probably shouldn't open this up you know being on the medication you don't want to just go back to it okay i need it right there's a a addictive nature there there can be Mm -hmm. depending on the medication yeah for sure so there's so we've talked about uh, the nerves themselves like around the surgical site but the brain as you already mentioned mm-hmm. is a big factor here too they say that nociceptor inputs or pain signals can trigger a prolonged but reversible increase in the excitability and synaptic ef- efficacy of neurons in the central nociceptive pain pathways that's called central sensitization meaning that your brain starts to listen to those pain signals, it kind of cranks the volume to go, oh, this is what we want to hear. We want to we put this up. Uh, that's central sensitization. So even if the pain, the, the, the nerves that transmit pain, the nociceptors, even if they're not talking at full volume, your brain's going, Mm-mm, let's hear more of that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That tends to happen more over time. That's not usually as quick. Mm-hmm. So in, in some cases where patients get nerve pain, then it tends to get worse and worse over time. Sometimes that is this process of central sensitization where the brain is just listening more and more to these pain signals, amplifying them. Mm-hmm. So, Pay attention. Pay attention. Yeah, listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that happens is called centralization of pain. 
They say that centralization represents an ongoing cascade of changes in brain circuits as a result of pain. Centralization may produce changes that confer the evolution of new behaviors as a result of the ongoing pain, meaning increased pain sensitivity, increased reaction to pain, depression, and even altered cognition, brain fog. Mm. Right? Yep. Those are all processes that pain directly creates and changes in the brain. So that is, that is something, again, to be aware of, especially if you've been dealing with nerve pain, is that if you don't feel like yourself, mm -hmm. it, chances are it's because of these changes like central centralization and sensitization to pain. The brain actually changes the way that it operates. And something else to be, to, to be aware of there is that there can be changes in cortical volume in response to chronic pain. Cortical volume is, is how much room your brain takes up, how much room okay. it takes up in the cortex. Generally, the mm -hmm. larger, you know, the better. Mm -hmm. But we've seen brain atrophy mm -hmm. in patients with chronic pain. That's the true. longer you deal with pain, the more the brain kind of shrinks in on itself and listens more and more intensively to these pain signals. Interesting. That's fascinating, actually. Yeah. Well, and it, I think I think just knowing this, again, a lot of this is understanding knowing that that's going on makes people feel less crazy. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of times we get people that come in with, with chronic pain and they say, I think maybe I'm just losing my mind because everything's bothering me. The dog barks once and I'm freaking out. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's all those things. Mm -hmm. It's not that you're going crazy. It's your brain is actually changing in response to these chronic nerve signals. Almost a protection or a, you know, that's not really what I'm, but it's, it's, protecting everything else it is a protective response mm -hmm. because when when you have pain the body knows there's a problem mm -hmm. and it wants to do something to help you avoid more of the same problem right so it says hey we should listen to these pain signals at full volume <laughs> so that we don't let anything happen to us right right unfortunately you know there's a lot of effects with that um, not only is that really unpleasant to have pain, but if you're actually shrinking your brain and making everything more sensitized in the brain, I mean, that's a pathway you really don't want to go down. You want to come mm -hmm. out of. So what do we do for treatment? I was just going to say, so where do we go from here? Yeah, it's I mean, not all doom and gloom. It's, let's not leave it. <laughs> no. Okay, good luck. <laughs> no, no, thankfully not. Um, okay, so they do say that treatments for neuropathic pain are not highly effective. They say that in uh, trials, uh, the the two most commonly used drugs, gabapentin and duloxetine, only have about a 30% efficacy. So that's not great. They also say that treatments such as opioids may in fact produce changes in the brain and aggravate the neuropathic pain condition, making people more sensitive to pain. Mm -hmm. So medications might be helpful. Uh, they may not be. Mm -hmm. um, and so what they say actually in this paper is that we need treatments with high efficacy and low side effects that either prevent or treat pain. Mm -hmm. Well, Christy, do we know anything that has high efficacy and low side effects that can treat or prevent pain? I think it has something to do with light. Yeah, hey, there we go. <laughs> light and laser therapy. Light so and laser we therapy. we do have early studies mm. that show good prevention of nerve pain mm -hmm. by using light and laser therapy ahead of time. Well, you just 
you know you mentioned the gabapentin and the other op- opioids and not to be a spoiler but we have witnessed people go through you know some laser therapy treatments and get off of their gabapentin you know absolutely doctors guidance of course yes we want you know, we want your but, doc involved but you know just to to know that there's a way through this and get off of the medications yeah is is huge absolutely especially if they're not really doing much good right you know? well and when you hear um, that they they're not that effective yeah. but we do know that there is something yeah so. yeah so yeah early studies that show that we can actually help with pain nerve pain prevention by working ahead of time and then we've got tons of studies now that talk about treating nerve pain once it's in effect and this is with laser therapy which is completely safe it is non-invasive it is painless to have done Mm -hmm. it's not like massage therapy where you have to dig in there or acupuncture where you have to stab in at anything um you know or even exercise where you have to put in some effort on your end the main Mm -hmm. thing we can do is apply light therapy and watch the pain levels come down Mm -hmm. um so knowing that that works well we've got a couple takeaways for one from looking at everything, the more you know about your pain mm-hmm. and the chances of pain, the better things are going to be. Right. So right here, this well, is step one. You're not surprised. You're you're aware. You're expecting it. Right. And then when it doesn't happen, it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Number two, decrease your pain before surgery. Somehow, even if it's unrelated pain, it's a good idea to be in the best shape you can be. Mm-hmm. Exercise, nutrition laser therapy for something that's painful even before you go into surgery we like to treat patients immediately prior to surgery about mm-hmm. 24 hours beforehand mm-hmm. and it seems to help people recover much better it seems to help people avoid some of this post-op nerve pain well it, it kickstarts the blood flow and metabolism and repair mm-hmm. mechanisms it does, it does. so it's it's already got a head start right it's like Starting a race before the gun goes off. That's exactly right. You get a head start. <laughs> yes. Uh, another thing is that we, we do know, and I didn't touch on this heavy, but we do know that controlling the pain right after surgery helps it from becoming a chronic pain problem. Mm-hmm. So if your doctor's recommending medications, I'm not saying don't take them. You want to follow your doctor's instructions, and you want to follow them maybe even if you're feeling pretty good. If they're telling you that you need to be taking these medications, take them. Because once pain gets away from you, and can become chronic, it's much, much harder to resolve. Mm-hmm. And then lastly is that if you do have pain after surgery, treat it right away. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. Don't wait and see if it goes away. If you have significant nerve pain after surgery, you want to go ahead and get that taken care of ASAP. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's almost like stay ahead of the pain. Yeah, you want to stay ahead of it. And the further ahead of it you can stay, the better. If you can use laser therapy, which has no side effects, mm-hmm. no risks, Right. Um, to improve blood flow and stimulate good metabolic changes in those nerves. They're going to be more resilient. They're going to heal better. They're going to hopefully help you with any pain that you do end up with. You know, I mean, there's a lot you can do there. So this is by no means a hopeless picture. No. Not at all. The more you know about it, the more power you have over your pain levels. The more ahead of it you can get, the better off you're going to be. And the quicker you can get it treated afterward, the faster you can be better. Yep. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. Very interesting. See you in a couple weeks. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. 
Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.